Welcome to the new season of the Live Your Spa Life Show. The SPA and SPA Life stands for Seek Power Always, that divine power within you to do what you're here to do. The theme for this season is Freedom Fighter. Amazing people like you share ways to ensure your freedom physically, financially, spiritually, and in your relationships to create a world-class life. In these times of uncertainty, it's time for you to move past the distractions and start trusting yourself more through your God-given knowingness. No one truly knows better what's best for you than you. In this season, you'll have plenty of examples of people choosing their best life and giving a voice of freedom to those who are also looking to have their best life. Thank you for sharing your precious time with us and being part of the Spa Life Conversation. With us today is Marlo Higgins. She is the host of the 22 Minutes to Having It All podcast, author, business coach that teaches you how to overcome challenges and identify blind spots that are keeping you from the peaceful achievement that you desire. Marlo, welcome to the show. Hey, Diane, this is just a blessing. Thank you so much for having me today. I'm looking forward to it. Well, thank you for being here. And I think most people would agree that the last couple of years have been having a lot of challenges. So what are you doing to help people overcome them? Yeah, you know, I think that comes down to expectation. Um, really having clarity to the expectations that you have of yourself and have of your outcomes and your achievements. And, you know, I think that's something that people don't spend a lot of time thinking about is, is managing that expectation. But when we do that, it allows us to, it's kind of like a metrics or a check-in point. And that's really where it starts. Definitely. I hear you. And so, you know, we know fear has come in, in a lot of the minds of people, it, it has stopped them. And, and part of that managing your expectations is also managing your fear. So how do you do that? And how do you help other people move through that as well? Yeah, well, I believe that you face the fear and do it anyway. I mean, take the thing that you're the most afraid of. Um, you know, let's say if, if if it's skydiving, for example, you know, book, a, book an opportunity to go skydiving. Prove to yourself that you can actually get yourself through it. And I know that it's it takes a lot of action to be able to position yourself to even make the, you know, say yes to going skydiving. But that is the one thing that, you know, once you face the challenge and then prove to yourself that it's really not as big as you're thinking it to be. So maybe it's, you know, starting a podcast in business, or maybe it's, it's writing a press release or, you know, asking that really big client for um, $10,000 more for a contract that you had anticipated. What you have to do is just, I mean, just to face the challenge. So really it starts with asking your question, what am I most afraid of? And I think that once it's defined, allows you to start to, to dissect it and then get to where you need to be with it. I think this is so important for people to just kind of reframe their mind around that because, you know, I can remember a lot of things people ask me, well, how were you a police officer? How did you face, you know, hard, challenging things? And I said, well, it's that first night at two in the morning when you walk down an alley by yourself, right? And you have things happen and then you deal with them. And when you deal with one thing, then you have, you start building that confidence to deal with the other thing. So I love that about just do hard things, um, do it anyway and move through it. And instead of letting it stop you, because when we let it build up in our head, you know, it just gets bigger and bigger than we think it's going to be. Uh, and it just <laughs> it can just spin out of control. So I'd love for you to also talk about, you know, uh, we have times that are disempowering, right? And those are part of also those fearful things or things that may actually stop us. What have been some of those things and how have you had the power to move through them? 
Well, um, you know, I, I have, um, you know, just a person on the personal side. Um, I had a situation where I was in 2010, you know, humming along really successful in my career. And I was given a setback. And I always like to say a setback is a setup for a comeback. But I was um, given the diagnosis that year of a brain tumor. And that was a setback for me that really kind of just knocked me down to my knees. It really was um, something that extremely, I mean, there's just a lot that I had to go through and I was just very disempowered. I felt like I had no control over anything whatsoever, but you know, it was just kind of that mindset again, Diane, I think, you know, it is such a powerful tool and we can get ourselves through most anything. So I reframed it. You know, I set my expectation as I opened up this, this episode with that, um, I'm going to give myself an entire year and I'll figure this out and I'm just going to go through what I need to go through. And even though I know it's a setback, just believing that I know that there's a set, there's a setup to this. There's something that's going to bring me to my greatest comeback. And that truly was the case. And so, yeah, was I afraid of things? Absolutely. Um, were there a lot of opportunities and things that I, I couldn't control? Absolutely. But proving to myself, coming through the other side, and then, you know, that's what launched my personal brand because, I said, okay, after going through a year of becoming a professional patient, I had to kind of re-engineer things and said, look, how do I want to spend my time? Who do I want to spend it with? And, and what's the result that I want to get from it? And that's essentially saying I'm going to launch my own personal brand. And um, that's what I did. I love it. And I love how you frame that with it being a setback because that is like, you know, it allows you the room to see what all the possibilities are, to be able to look at your options, you know, facing the the biggest fear, right, that, that a lot of people have, right, is like that they get this diagnosis. And, you know, it's one of the things that uh, kind of have a pet peeve around a diagnosis because I think that a lot of times people hear a diagnosis and they hear death sentence. And, you know, what would you do if you didn't hear that diagnosis? How would you live your life? Like, how would you build up your immunity or how would you, you know, do things differently and how would you look at things differently? And I think sometimes when we hear some of those things that happen, it actually allows us to be our best self, right? I mean, you probably look at things with a different pair of eyes, right? You see things now that other yeah. people may not see, uh, which now has built a, a newer level of skill set that people can go to you with their deepest fears. And you can be like, hey, I got this, right? You know, I, I've yeah. already faced something that's really challenging and I can help you move through that. Uh, and so having the distinguishing things between uh, words and what we say and what they look like, um, let's talk about with the difference between motivation and inspiration. Yeah, no, and that, that is a, a catalyst. You know, a lot of people say, I, I really want to be able to motivate my team or I really want to inspire greater actions. And there's a really distinct difference between the two that I think people just are not aware of. Inspiration is vision-driven and motivation is goal-driven. So when somebody says, I need to be motivated, I said, okay, you know, what are the goals that you have set for yourself? Now, as we're coming into a new year, I mean, that's the biggest buzzword, right, um, okay. is is goal setting. But I think, you know, it's very powerful because when you have a benchmark goal, you say, I'm going to lose 10 pounds this month, for example, that is a benchmark. It's a metric. It's something that you can measure by. You're motivated to make that your reality. And then you can kind of step backwards and say, okay, this is how I'm going to lose 10 pounds this month. But to be inspired, that's a vision. That's like what's possible for you this year. So as you're listening to this episode, you know, and, and really set a clear vision for yourself. What is that? Maybe it's being on Good Morning America and sharing something big with the world. Um, you know, maybe it's, it's publishing or writing a book for yourself. What is the vision? Because that is what's going to inspire you to want to take greater actions. 
Mm, I love that. I love that distinction too, because we, we want to have something that inspires us and have something that's bigger than us, but then we need to get into the intangible things of the goals and, and then what is motivating us to do that. And I think if something's not motivating you, it might be the wrong goal, right? It might be not what's set for you. It may be timing. It may be something you need to delegate. You know, these set us up to have other questions to be able to ask, to, you know, to be able to do. Um, I would love for you to talk about, you know, people have talked about having, you know, these year long goals, but you transform them a lot into making them 90 day goals. So how do you help people wrap their brain around something that they thought was going to take a year and to distill that down into 90 days? Oh my God. That's like one of my favorite things. I mean, so when we think about running a race and we have 365 days to do it, right? What are we going to do? The actions that we take, they're going to be a little bit different if we look at it from that vantage point. But let's say we had four 12 week sprints to run this year and you were to set yourself up for these mini sprints and you ran four of them every 90 days, three months, 12 weeks, you're going to approach hitting that that mini stretch goal so much different than you are if you've got a long-term 365-day benchmark goal. And it also is quite refreshing. And this is the way I love to challenge people to look at their achievements. If you can do, you know, what do you need to do in the next 12 weeks to get you closer to that bigger vision or that great goal that you have set for yourself this year? Chunk it down, hit that goal. Once you hit that 12-week mark, you can catch mistakes before they become habits also in your, your business or your activity or, or, you know, the, the skills that you're building off of. And you can easily tweak, pivot, change, omit something if you can catch it at that 12 week mark. Then you push the reset button and there's a whole different level of fuel that you can use to take off again, run hard and fast for another 12 weeks, you know, and then you run these sprints. And I have found over time, I've, you know, been in business since 1989, um, helping people achieve goals, making them, you know, get there faster. And it's because we can chunk it down, make it a little bit more granular. And then it's just a little bit easier to achieve when we take it from that direction. Oh, I wholeheartedly agree. I think it's also more fun. I mean, there's something when it feels uh, more in reach when you talk about 12 you know, weeks versus a year. I think people have this like this illusion that, um, you know, it's so far down the road that they don't necessarily take the actions today that get you closer versus if it's a more contained uh, way of looking at things, you can kind of build, talk about having the inspiration, right? To be like, hey, if I can do this faster, then you have that motivation to be able to actually hit some of those goals because it is a more of a, a finite time. So I always think that's a, a brilliant strategy to, to be able to look at it from that perspective. Um, you know, Marlo, for this year in particular, um, you know, a lot of people, the way they've done business is changing. There's a lot of shifts and things that are going on right now. When is a good time to rebrand? Okay. That, I mean, that is very, very powerful. I believe that we should be looking at our brands um, on an annual basis. I mean, take, take a, a checklist, take a checkpoint and look at your personal brand or your company brand. You know, are your mission vision or the, are, is the culture where it needs to be? And I believe that when we take the time and we do what I call these recalibration sets in our business and we're looking at our teams, we're looking at our brands, we can go through it and we can tweak things that need to be changed. I mean, maybe you're going through some actions in your business and that's just not getting you any result. Look at it. You know, like we made a decision this last year with social media that we don't need to be on every single platform. Twitter's not one of my platforms. And so we put all of our energy and juice into, into LinkedIn. 
And that totally changes the game because we infused all the energy and all of the direction for our personal brand in that one spot. And we're able to 10 exit because it gets our focus. And you do get what you focus on. I mean, to try to have a Twitter account to feed everybody. I think for personal brands specifically for myself, as I'm speaking, um, you know, who is, who's your audience? What is the thing that they want or where do they follow the most and give it to that energy into that space and stop watering your brand down. So I believe that staying on point, an annual check-in to make sure that you're still serving your ideal client or the, the product that you, um, bring value to the most, make sure that that is a solid product because it's the thing. If you can master that one skill, you can 10 X that one thing. Mm -hmm. That is so smart. You know, I love, you know, one of the things I like about this time of year is that, you know, especially between that Christmas and New Year's is to look at all the different aspects of your life and your business. A lot of times I think people overlook that and go, well, business is business. However, if you start looking at, you know, how have things changed in the world? How have you changed? You know, what do you want to be in the world? What does it look like? And, you know, uh, I mean, we even change the the background in, in our podcast each season just because it energetically changes things for me. And I think for the listeners. Um, as well as having a different theme, right? So this year we're, we're talking about how are people fighting for freedom? Like, what is it that they're doing differently? How are they looking at, how are they being at choice? And I think that that is um, part of this too when you look at your business is you get to choose how you live your life, how you live your business and what that looks like. Um, I'd love for you to talk a little bit about um, like enforcing boundaries. I mean, first having them and then being able to honor them. Yeah, I think that's a catalyst for a lot of people and, and especially in businesses. Um, you're not going to get to where you need to go if you're letting all of these distractions and all of these um, other things take precedent for the goals that you have set for yourself. And so boundaries are one of the key habits that are a must in order for you to achieve some of your greatest desires. And so setting boundaries, you know, there's a lot of different tools that, um, that I recommend and, um, you know, it's how we communicate, but it's our job to communicate and how teach other people how to work with us. Even our clients, you know, um, you can't just be everything to everybody again. And uh, that's a choice, you know? Um, but I believe firmly in, in that level of independence and really teaching people how you want to be in business with them. And I think once you kind of set that boundary, once they understand that, um, you know, they can't reach you maybe after three in the afternoon or, you know, weekends are not an option, but you have to follow through to that boundary. It's kind of like parenting, you know, you just, if you just let open the reins and, and let the kids run over the rules, they're going to keep doing that. So same thing applies. And um, I'm fierce with boundaries because there's, it's very healthy, I think. And even when with our mindset and with our energy levels, it's really important that we create the boundary and then really stick to them. And ask yourself again, if you're trying to create new sets of boundaries or maybe follow a new practice for yourself, give it 30 days. I mean, give yourself and honor yourself with trying to navigate what works best. Find that zone revel in it, understand how, you know, what it took for you to get there and then follow that, just emulate it and master it and then move on to the next challenge. 
Absolutely. You know, it reminds me of the book Essentialism, you know, where it talks about getting really clear about why you're here and, you know, really looking at our yeses and no, right? I mean, there's such a a tendency when we want, you know, people, especially if you come from a a people pleasing aspect of, you know, you want people to be happy, uh, but then, you know, it may leave yourself overworked or not doing the things that you're able to do and things that are important to you get on the back burner when we say yes to things that are not in alignment with us. So this is such a great time of year as well to be able to look at, okay, what type of boundaries have I, you know, made wishy-washy? Which ones do I want to reestablish? Which ones are maybe no longer relevant? I mean, this is such a great time of year to really ask yourself some of these questions. Um, And again, knowing that you're at choice to get to choose what kind of life you want to live, what kind of business you want to have, what that looks like, Uh, which reminds me, one of the fun things I like to ask um, my guests is, um, what is your favorite room in your home? Because we live differently in our bedroom versus our kitchen or office. So which is your favorite? Oh, that's a great question. I love the kitchen. Um, for me, my creative muse shows up in the kitchen. I love to, um, you know, just provide nutrition for our family. And so I, I enjoy cooking and just spending time there. I think there's just a lot of energy in that space. And it's such a gathering spot for so many. So I would have to say our kitchen, but I love that question, Diane. It's fun for sure. So I'm seeing for those of you, some people are listening to the podcast. Some people are watching it. Those who are watching. You can see behind Marlo where she's got uh, Maverick, you know, in her book there. And I know a lot of times you're referred to as the Maverick maker. Talk about being Maverick. Yeah. You know, when I believe in um, just really honing in on things and um, so the making of a maverick building champions in business and life and it's, you know, the positioning, the, the definition of a maverick is an unbridled spirit, right? That person who stands on point, fiercely independent, um, a decision maker, someone who has critical thinking skills really at that top. And I look at as a maverick as a top 2%. And, you know, it takes a lot to get to that status. But I'll tell you, um, you know, 80% of the people lie, you know, wanting to be one, but they just don't know how. But Mavericks are, you know, they've kind of honed in on their wheelhouse. They're really good at what they do, but they have to sustain a level of race. And there's one thing that I have found in that space. And a Maverick is a high achiever, a high performer. Um, those people fuel me. I love to see people get results and outcomes, not just coffee talk. But there's three clear things that Mavericks need. They need to be recognized, they need to be inspired, and they need to be validated. So think about it. If maybe you're, you know, one of those people and you're really at the top of your game, really understanding the power of being recognized um, and and helping you really understand how you can self-recognize in that space, but then validation, right? We always want to know, are we going in the right direction? How can I ensure that that I'm heading in that space and then to be inspired. You know, that that vision is very, very potent for somebody at the top because we need to keep that constant vision of what's possible or just imagine kind of concepts in in play. So yeah, um, when I wrote the book, I originally was thinking it was how to be an action captain, but that just, it never, that name never really felt right. And it was in the night, it was kind of an epiphany. And uh, just to give the backstory, you know, Lady Gaga has monsters, Taylor Swift has Swifties, and Marlo's got Mavericks. So that's kind of like your group of people that, uh, you know, believe in what you do and, uh, and follow you, your tribe. 
Well, I, I have to laugh because you, as you were speaking about that, you know, the thing that kept coming to mind, I don't know if this ever played a part in this or not, but um, I'm thinking Top Gun, right? You know, the main character uh, of Maverick, right? I mean, people talk about if you're Top Gun, you're in the, in the top percent of, of the pilots. You're, you're going on the edge. You're being risky. You're doing all of those things. And, of course, that, that character was portrayed in that uh, with Tom Cruise throughout all of, all of Top Gun. And there's just there's something about even just the music from that movie, right? It gets you revved. It gets you going. So for me, you know, hearing the word Maverick, and, and I think that's why people watch Top Gun, you know, over and over again. It's it's like it builds that energy. It builds, you know, was it the need for speed, right? You know, yeah. there's, there's all yeah. of that energy behind just that word. Yeah, and and you're watching somebody who's in that space, right? And you're looking all that they're achieving and the respect that they have, and and just their posturing and how they they pursue their success and, and how to get themselves, you know, through some of those combative type um, plays that they have to make, you know, it really, yeah, it's a key catalyst for sure. Yeah, absolutely. So one of the things that you also help people with is uh, helping them to focus without burning out. How do you go about that? Yeah, I think, you know, a lot of people, this is the one thing that we find oftentimes is um, being able to maintain a level of focus in order to to stay on point. There's just so many distractions. And like you had alluded to earlier, Diane, I mean, things have changed so much. And I think there's just this erosion of overwhelm that's happening because we feel like we need to be doing so many things. And it just, it, it, it's taking us in too many directions. So the, the level of focus is so important. Because when we're focused, we can get to where we need to go. And it really helps us to sustain. And I think that's the catalyst. And so we don't want people to burn out because when we, you know, we burn out because we're frustrated, we're overwhelmed, we just end up just quitting because we can't do it anymore, right? We're going to find something else that we, you know, think is going to give us the answer. So in order to, to focus, it's just really having some genuine challenge questions, some, some um, introspective about what it is that you're trying to do. Why are you taking it in that direction? Um, and then just really kind of building off and trying to just put three things to focus on, not having a list of 20, but kind of pare it down. Um, one of the time formulas that we, we built, it's the 30, 60, 10 formula. And, and it really pairs down to three levels of focus, focus on growth, focus on service and focus on follow-up. And if you do those three things and you match it to a percentage of time to do it. So let's say, you know, your, your growth focus, that's 30%. That's two hours of an eight hour day. 60% is in service. That's just doing our job, right? Those are the things that's kind of the easy part. That's just all of the things that we normally do in our business. And then the follow-up and the follow-through. Without that, there's not a full circle in business to, to be able to sustain. So we lose so much money when we're not following up and following through with people. And so putting a focus to a percentage of time to do those kinds of things, you can already hear through that example, that is going to keep you on point. And then you can check in at the end of the day. Did you, did you grow today? You know, a list of 10 growth actions, maybe you know, it's networking, maybe it's reading, maybe it's um, leadership training, whatever it is, but build in 10 actions that you can take that will grow you both personally and professionally, and then put that on the list. So when you have that two hours that are carved in your day, you know what actions you can take that are in that growth arena that are going to get that needle moved. Right. You know, uh, we've heard before that, you know, structure gives us freedom, 
right? And so, you know, the more structure we have in place where we know, like if somebody says, well, set your priorities or, you know, do your business, right? They're just these elusive things. But when you get really tangible and you get down to, I love the fact that you've got like the percentages and the number of hours, right? Because I think that's where people start getting confused of, well, how much time should I spend on such and such? And, you know, we all know that part of, of the distraction, especially if things feel challenging or there's a, a you know, maybe a call that you're, you're dreading or you maybe feel like you don't have all what it takes to make that call. Uh, you know, we know that the distractions come up and then we end up spending 80% of our time, you know, clearing off our desk, right. Or doing some of those things that aren't moving the needle. And one of the things that, uh, you know, I'll never forget one of uh, my mentors had said that, you know, what are the things that make the cash register sing? You know, uh, Sandra Yancey talks about that. And, you know, it's like getting clear about what are those things that are moving forward. And when you know what it is that you stand for, it makes it much easier to have that. And I think um, it's so important to be able to do that. And so what do you think is some of the most um, distracting things and what are some of the things that people can do to overcome them? Yeah, you know, that framework is just, it's so poignant because it really, it does. It just gives us something to lean up against in those days that we feel like there's just a lot of distractions. But um, I think, you know, just to understand, go back to your original, what was the question? What was the... Well, what I was saying is that, and this is so perfect, right? Because we're talking about distractions, right? And even in our own mind, as we're thinking of things, we get distracted and we start thinking of the five other things that we want to talk about or the other things we want to do and distraction just pops up. So if we look at, you know, what are some of the distractions that uh, come up? Like what are some of the most um, impactful ones that, that derail us? And what are some of the ways and tools that we can get back on track? Yeah, no, with distractions, I mean, a lot of people, if you're working in an office environment specifically, you get a lot of people, you know, coming in, can I have a quick minute? But when you're really defined and focused and you do follow a formula and say, okay, you know, I'm going to be able to get to that at three o'clock in the afternoon, you can let those texts, those emails, those phone calls go to voicemail or go to the in-basket knowing that you've carved out time in the afternoon for you to follow back with those. And so, I mean, there's constant distractions. I think turning off notifications on our phone sometime, if you get into a zone and you say, okay, I'm going to spend two hours um, knocking out this project or finishing this proposal, you do, you need to shut off notifications. You need to, you know, maybe put yourself in a different room or maybe take yourself out of the office to do that kind of task. And so you can really focus in and it really if you were to ask yourself, and I think a lot of people feel guilty because they feel like they need to be available all the time. But again, that goes back to watering yourself down because you cannot be everything to everybody all the time. I mean, just listening to that, that's it, that's not going to work for you. And so those that move the furthest and get further ahead are the ones who are really good with the boundaries, with the expectations, with putting themselves in a space, knowing where they need to focus, knocking out the task, and then moving on to the next thing. And so those distractions are constant. And today more than ever, um, you know, high-level executives and, and business owners, there's so many things that we need to be facing. So if you were just to ask yourself every day, what are just the three things today that I need to do? And then make sure that that gets done. And put, put a timer to it. You know, sometimes you have to train yourself. 
Yeah, I, I love that. I think, you know, uh, giving ourselves, you know, set time and setting our boundaries are, are so, so important. And, you know, I, I've noticed this with like uh, a lot of my, my clients who are in home environments or are, you know, trying to distinguish between home and work, right? And those who are in the work environment, people just walking in, you know, their office and for every uh, distraction that comes up, it's like doubling your time about doing something because you got to get your brain back to where I was at and the flow of work and, and things that happen. One of the things that we've done uh, in our home offices that we've put up one of those uh, little like plastic uh, clocks that have the actual uh, hands on it that you can move around and it says like open or close uh, because you know and we particularly put it on Carrie's office because you know he's always doing you know so many uh, different projects and and I've actually was a violator of his time where I'd be like asking a question here, a question there. But when I see that he has that on there and he's available at, you know, whatever the clock says, like at 10 o'clock, you know, unless the house is on fire, you know, we have to train ourselves to, you know, respect people's time and their blocks and for ourselves as well. And when we do that, I think we get so used to because everything's so automatic that we think that everything is an emergency and that everything needs to be answered in this very second. And I think that this is part of, you know, this freedom conversation that we're talking about is we get to be at choice with our time. We get to honor the boundaries we have. We get to decide the things uh, that, that we want to do. Uh, and, you know, with our theme this year about people who are being uh, freedom fighters, um, in what ways, uh, Marlo, are you being a freedom fighter today? Oh, boy. I mean, that's that's a, such a brilliant question, Diane. I think, you know, putting yourself first, um, I think, you know, having freedom is, is having all of the things that we're talking about. It's, it's boundaries, it's expectations, it's, it's clarity, it's vision, it's, you know, all of the things. And so for me, um, in order to respect myself, I need to be able to do all of those things that keeps me fiercely independent, keeps me in that space of freedom. Um, you know, one of my hard and fast rules is I take the month of July off and that is, that is, allows me the freedom that is necessary for me to thrive in my business. Now, my team knows it, you know, that doesn't mean that the door shut. That just means that I'm unavailable. So I kind of calibrate my year to set that up because I know that I'm going to run fast for 180 days. Then I'm going to have a 30 day detox where I can take out, re, you know, reset, reflect and um, and do things that will then position me to get back up. And so right there is a really clear boundary for me. But that level of independence and freedom are necessary for me to thrive. I love it. It is so great. I know sometimes, especially as entrepreneurs, people can't vision uh, how they can step away from their business. But when you declare that and you decide that, right, and you say, hey, this is how I want to live my life. And, you know, I'm sure you probably come back a hundredfold, you know, after that break, right? You know, if we don't give ourselves those times to recharge, we don't have a chance to come up with those new ideas. We don't get to see things from a different perspective. If we're always in the game and we're always grinding away, uh, you know, those perspective moments are so huge, huge things. So Marlo, well, I just, yeah. and that ahead. time, you know, also just real quick, you know, it allows me to pick up something fun. I mean, maybe I want to learn how to kayak or maybe I'll take yoga or something, you know, so it enhances the, you know, me as an individual too, because I've carved out space knowing, or maybe it's, I want to plow through 10 books or whatever, but that level of independence and freedom are just so important. And then when other people witness that in you, they're saying, wow, teach me how to do that. And so it just levels you up. And when you level up, everybody else around you does as well. Absolutely. I so love that. Well, Marlo, thank you so much for your wisdom. I know that our listeners are going to want to stay in contact with you. How can they do that? 
Yeah, I would say, as mentioned, you know, go to LinkedIn, friend us, like us, um, recommend us. You can tap into the 22 Minutes to Having It All podcast. It's found on, you know, Google Play, Stitcher, um, Apple iPad, ever, you know, everywhere that you listen to and download your podcast. Those are probably the most poignant ways. You can also visit us at MarloHiggins.com. You can take our Having It All um, assessment to find out where you stand in your space of having it all. And uh, I think those are probably the catalyst, Diane. I love it. Thank you again for being here. Thank you to our listeners um, for sharing your time with us. And uh, until we meet again, live your spa life and stand in your freedom. Bye for now. Thank you for being part of the Live Your Spa Life show. It is my intention for you to receive the one message meant for you today and that you'll share it with at least one person who also needed to hear this message. Be sure to subscribe to the show so that you get alerted to each new show that's posted. I would so appreciate your five-star review and any comments, questions, or suggestions for future topics. As a thank you, I'd love to share a complimentary resource with you. You can get it at dianehoffman.com forward slash crisis. With all of the uncertainty in the world, you may be facing many different types of crisis. This resource will help you to not only avoid crisis, but when you are faced with one, to move through it much more smoothly. Remember, power doesn't happen outside of you. You are your own power. Living a life of faith, joy, and freedom is there for you if you choose it. (music) 